What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the What Did They Know podcast. The guys are back this week, and they will go over all the action from week 13, give their updated power rankings, and preview some games to keep an eye on for next week. But hey, what do they know? What do they know? Well, we are about to find out what's going on, everybody. This is the What Do They Know podcast. My name is Nick Hoskins. I'm with my buddy, Jeff Garcia. We are back at full strength after a few weeks off between the two of us. Um, we are we are remote this week. We are I'm at home and Jeff's at his home um, this week. So we're trying a little bit of new technology this week to get it to it to see how it goes. So bear with us here. But we are excited to be back in front of you guys finally um, back and better than ever, as they say, and, and recap not only week 13, but maybe some of the stuff that that we that we missed um, over the last couple weeks. So, uh, Jeff, I haven't even seen you, man. How, how the heck are you? I'm doing all right. A lot better than last week, I'll tell you that. Um, obviously, we got both hit with the with the, um, the sick bug, I suppose. Um, I haven't even seen you since you came back from Vegas, so I haven't even asked you personally how that whole whole uh, trip uh, shaped out for you and your dad. But um, obviously, you got sick the next week, um, and then I got sick the following week after that. So it's just been a hectic time for for the what do they know podcast for us, but. Um, it's exciting to be back, and I'm glad uh, to at least be in the spirits to watch football again. Yeah, no, no joke. It's been a it's been a heck of a few weeks at this house. I kind of talked about it last week, but um, Christy Christy heard her back right after I got done with with my Vegas trip, and then the kids got sick, and then we got you know Christy and I both got sick. She got the worst of it by far. So um, it's been it's been a long two or three weeks um, right. to say the least. Um, we're, we're all back to full strength here. Finally feel, we feel, uh, I guess normal for the first time in probably three weeks. Um, so that's, that's good, but, um, we have a lot to go over, a lot to catch up on. Um, right. some big stories, some big things that are happening. We're, you know, we're in the, 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 the middle of the playoff push. Um, you know, week 13, we got five more, five more weeks left after, after this week. And so every game, every matchup is critical. So um, I'll let you I'll let you kick it off with whatever you have for top stories this week. Yeah, this is the nitty gritty of the of the season, right? So this is where um, coaches <laughs> make a name for themselves to try to make the I guess the push for next year. Offensive coordinators, defensive coordinators, trying to get their names out there for head coaching gigs next year. This is where everybody puts their chips all in play right now. So. Um, obviously you're going to have the pretenders kind of show off that they're pretenders and the contenders start to separate themselves a little bit. Um, but for top stories right now, I got the Colts um, coming, coming off another win. They're, they're at four straight now. Um, even though these wins are coming off, here, let me list them. The Panthers, the Patriots, um, the Bucks, and the Titans. Obviously they're not a gauntlet of any sort. But at the same time, you can't change who you're facing on a week-to-week basis. And the Colts, but the Colts are still going out and and winning the games that they need to win. So they're seven and five now, and definitely in the in the playoff hunt uh, for the AFC. So that's exciting times for for Indy right now. Yeah, I mean, like you said, you can only play who who's on your schedule. And I mean, it's what they say about good teams, right? They beat the teams that they're supposed to. You know they're supposed to beat the lesser competition, and they're doing that. I mean, 
I, I kind of talked about them last week while you were out. Um, super impressed with them. Um, you know, uh, they're in the playoffs if the playoffs ended today. And, I mean, we, you know, like I talked about last week, nobody had them making the playoffs at full strength with Anthony Richardson, much less with Gardner Minshew. So for them to be right. doing what they're doing is, um, is very, very impressive. I mean, it feels almost, I guess, ironic that they 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 drafted Anthony Richardson, and even though <laughs> Gardner Minshew is kind of leading them towards uh, that playoff hunt, um, so obviously you're not going to ch- change over Anthony Richardson for Gardner Minshew going to the next year. But at the same time, I think Gardner Minshew now almost becomes a priority for Indianapolis to resign and. Um, Kind of make him a mainstay for that backup role. No doubt. He, I mean, he signed a one-year deal, so he's going to get wherever he goes, whether it's Indy or whether it's another place to be a backup. He's going to be one of those higher-end paid backups, um, right? Because of because of this year, he's gonna he's gonna set himself up really well. Absolutely. So then I'll I'll move on to my next uh, story. Um, right now, I I probably put the the 49ers domination. Over the Eagles as my number two story. Um, obviously, you have probably the top two contenders in the NFC facing off against one another, but San Francisco went into Philly and basically handed it to Philadelphia. Um, obviously, we, we, we both haven't been impressed with Philadelphia all throughout the, the entire year. Um, I feel like Philadelphia has kind of escaped some games uh, with the W, um, but San Francisco, after um, that three three-week uh, losing streak and that bye week they just look rejuvenated. Um, they just look revamped somehow. And and right now, they they just look like an unstoppable uh, force to be reckoned with. Yeah, they look they look fresh, right? They look, I feel like yep. the bye week, you talk about the bye week coming at the perfect time. Um, right. They, I don't think there's, there's a, another team that benefited more from their bye week. Um, I mean, they... They came back. They had the huge trade for Chase Young. They everybody got healthy. You know, Debo Samuel was bang, was banged up. McCaffrey was banged up. Trent Williams was banged up. And you come back at full strength, and they're just they're just lighting it up. I mean, plain and simple. Um, I was really excited for this game. Again, I kind of talked about it last week. I really, I I had a feeling that today could go how it went. Um, I I really felt like the Niners were going to handle the Eagles pretty easily and. And, and that's that's what happened. I mean, I feel like they they really separated themselves today. Um, I feel like the Niners showed how dominant they are and why um, they should, in my opinion, be considered the favorite to come out of the NFC. Um, right. Because when they're playing, they're playing like they should be, there's there's nobody in the NFC that's going to beat them. Plain plain and simple. Yeah, I, I feel like this is can also be a wake-up call to the Eagles. I mean, you're escaping these little wins and obviously learning from your mistakes over wins is, is a positive outcome. But getting getting slapped around in your own home field, I think that's a different sort of a wake-up call that I feel like this Eagles team probably needs if they want to make a legitimate run at a, at a Super Bowl here. Yeah, I mean, you think about the Eagles, right? They were down eight at halftime today. And then... Prior to prior to today, their prior three games, they were down two or three games. They were down ten at halftime in all of those games. So they're right. coming out. They're coming out flat every single week. And the last mm-hmm. couple 
last couple of weeks they've been fortunate. They've been they've been able to kind of claw back and 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 steal steal a win basically. Um, but today they weren't able to do that, right? They played a team who's who's playing as sound as it gets, and right. uh, you know they they were exposed today, plain and simple. So um, I think I, I think you're right. I think it was a wake up call because you know they they don't have time to rest. Like you look ahead to next week, they have um, the Cowboys. Yeah, yep. Sunday night football battle for first place, um, and I would argue that. The Cowboys are catching the Eagles at the best time, and the Eagles are catching the Cowboys at the worst time. Um, so I'll be curious to see kind of how that goes. But um, yeah, I'm really pleased with what I saw from the Niners today because that's kind of how I expected it to go. Right. All right. I'll switch it over to you. Yep. Yep. So my my first story is kind of you know talk about a bittersweet. Um, and it's the Houston Texans. Um, they got uh, a big win today against the Broncos. They moved to seven and five. Um, that's going to be huge for for wild card um, implications um, down the road, potential tiebreakers, things like that. So the, the 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 Texans are rolling, but they lost arguably their best offensive weapon today with Tank Dell, um, right. fractured fractured fibula in his leg or his ankle, um, out for the season. Um, he is about as dynamic as a rookie receiver as you've seen in a while. Him and C.J. Stroud have developed like this huge chemistry, um, and it's shown in the last several weeks, and it's shown on my fantasy team. So I'm super <laughs> bummed, super bummed about losing. Time to look elsewhere, Nick. Oh my gosh, waiver wire. Um, waiver wire. So I'm super disappointed as far as that's concerned, but I also think that it could have major implications for the Texans. Um, Today it didn't, right? But today Nico Collins kind of picked up the slack and had a huge game. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I just wonder if if ha- not having Tank Dell now as that that weapon is going to be, you know, what what causes the Texans to to come up just short this year of making the playoffs. Right. Yeah. No. Tank Dell was becoming a huge part of that whole offense. I, I feel like there were times where you could probably even. Um, argue that he overtook Nickel Collins as the number one receiver there in Houston. So obviously that whole connection with CJ Stroud was a huge um, development um, for both of those players. Uh, but at the end of the day, if you're a Houston Texans fan or you're part of that organization, you, you're, you're ahead of schedule in, in terms of what you, you thought was going to happen. Um, CJ Stroud's playing out of his, out of his mind right now. Um, Tank Dell obviously is, is Developed real nicely during his rookie year, but obviously next year's was probably what you were looking at in terms of, of competitiveness. So obviously you never want to see, especially one of your star players, come down with an injury, because you never know how how uh, I, I guess explosive they'll come back as. But um, as for this year, Nico Collins is, should remain the number one receiver. Um, Dalton Schultz was out today, but we'll see if he can have some. Uh, sort of impact during, during the end of the year. Um, I think they got Damian Pierce back today. They did, yep. yep. So, I, I mean, <laughs> give and take, right? So, um, we'll, we'll see how, how, that, how that whole um, offensive scheme is affected by Tank Dell in future games. But um, their defense definitely picked them up today, um, causing a few turnovers against Russell Wilson. Um, 
And I mean, this was no team that you were just stomping all over. Broncos were on a five-game winning streak. Um, they were starting to look the part of, a, of an actual playoff team. Um, obviously, they started, like you said last week, they started one and five. Um, they, they they turned it around <laughs> in the quickest of fashions after that. Yeah. So it, it's definitely one of those things where you'll 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 take the W and, and you'll move on on to next week. But it's definitely a a hard uh, loss to take for with with Tankdale. Yeah, I mean they got the Jets next week, so they'll be fine. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm so done with that team. Side note, like I'm gonna go off on a little bit of a tangent here. Like I'm officially oh, I'm officially at the point in the season where I don't care. Like like I'll hey. watch I'll watch the remaining five games, but right. I'm not gonna get upset. I'm not gonna get excited. I'm not going to worry if I miss a play to go to the bathroom or to get a drink. I'm, <laughs> right. Like, I missed a good majority of the second quarter today eating dinner or eating lunch because I just don't care. And they 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 just <laughs> broke they just broke my heart again, Jeff. They just they they just broke me. They broke me again. And I'm just it's disgusting to watch them play offense. Like it really <laughs> Really is disgusting, and so <laughs> next week, oh, next week Houston will be fine. They'll. I'm not even. Yeah, they'll have a week to adjust, basically yeah. with their law, their absence of Tank Dell. I mean, in reality, all they need to do is score one touchdown. If they score, <laughs> if they score one touchdown, maybe kick a field goal just to be safe. Like they're going to be fine because just to be safe. <laughs> They, it's ridiculous. Like I've never seen a team oh. struggle to score more than the Jets. Like I, I'm, I'm just, I'm flabbergasted with how inept they look on offense. Yeah, like, just I, I mean, simple. Yeah, I, I mean, th- this is obviously a conversation that we, I honestly, have been wanting to have with you ever since the Jets, the Jets and the Raiders game because. Obviously, after that game, you you considered them done, but your dad kind of held that hope for the Jets. So I I, I was wondering what you guys saw live during that game. Uh, what exactly stood out for you guys? So um, it, so it, it was specifically against the Chargers and the Raiders. Not so much the the last couple weeks. The last couple weeks they've just been horrible. But mm-hmm. like specifically against the Chargers and the Raiders they shoot themselves in the foot every single time. Like they would have something good going and it would either be a penalty or a fumble or a sack or a holding call, just something that like absolutely kills the drive. It's just no discipline. It's just no right. discipline offensive end whatsoever. And so it, it, like I think about the chargers game, like they came out Monday night football defense, got a three and out. Like they looked, they looked great. They looked fast, aggressive, excited. They're moving the ball. Um, Garrett Wilson fumbles. Okay, next drive. Uh, they're moving the ball. They get to like the Chargers' fifth, uh, 30 yard line. Zach Wilson fumbles. And it's just like right. those things continue to mount. Same thing against the, the, the Raiders. They had a, you know, they had a couple field goals already. It was like six to nothing or six to three. And they were, they were driving again. They did, they had a huge reverse to Garrett Wilson. It got like 15, 20 yards. They were getting, like in the red zone and a whole, mm-hmm. and it got a phone call and it got called back. Yeah. And then, like, it's just it's just little stupid things that good good teams don't do. Pl- plain and simple, right. good teams don't shoot themselves in the foot. And so, 
but that hasn't been the case the last couple of weeks. The last couple of weeks, they've just been awful. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, when you struggle in, in a certain facet of your game, whether that's offensively or defensively, when you get something going, you kind of have to force it to keep going. But when you, you commit penalties, it, it just destroys all hope, basically, for that whole mindset of that um, offensive defense. I mean, I, honestly, I'm curious to see um, because I, I don't, I've never really seen research about this, but like penalized teams, what, where, what rank they have of, of teams that make the playoffs, what, what rank and penalties per, per game um, they're situated at. Honestly, I'd be kind of interested to see the lowest ranking penalized team to make the playoffs. Yeah. Obviously, I, I don't think anybody in the, in the 25 to 32 range is going to make the playoffs at all. Um, so that's kind of what we're staring at when when teams shoot themselves in the foot. They're kind of in that range, especially when they struggle offensively or defensively. So speaking of penalties, I, I kind of talked about it last week about, you know, potential what you brought up about coaching staffs leaving and, and Robert Sala being on the hot seat and everything. And, right. you know, still, you know, I still wasn't totally convinced. But he said something after the game today that really that 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 really pissed me off, honestly. Um because they had they had they had a ton of penalties today, ton, um, offense and defense. It was just it was just sloppy once again. And mm-hmm. they asked him about it after the game, and he basically said something to the effect, and I'm paraphrasing obviously, but he basically said, "I'm not going to apologize for our team's aggressive style of play." Mm. Like, really, dude? He's trying not even make adjustments on it. Like that. Like that's the worst answer that you could give like mm-hmm. it just, so that that really that really bothered me uh, um right. that he said that today because you should you should apologize like you should change it it's not aggressive it's undisciplined there's a difference between being undisciplined and being aggressive and right. they are all on the undisciplined side so um they they they're garbage so we can we can stop <laughs> talking about them we can move on, um, and let's talk about the Cowboys. Yeah, I'm done. I'm done wasting breath on them. Nobody wants to listen about. Nobody wants to listen to talk about the Jets. So, but I'm, I'm done with the rant. Uh, yeah, and end of yep. rant. So end my last my last top story is the Cowboys. Um, they played Thursday against the Seahawks, and I really was impressed. Not because they got the win. Um, they were supposed to win, right? Everybody. But the narrative going into the game was, you know, can the, can the Cowboys actually beat a team with a winning record? And right. if they don't, if they don't, then it's the same old Cowboys. And so right. there, there was a lot of pressure um, to for them to perform and for them to win. And for the where I was impressed was where the Seahawks came out the way that they did, um, just offensively on fire. Um, and really holding firm with the Cowboys for a good majority of the game. I think the, I think the Seahawks were actually winning at some point in the fourth quarter. Um, and so for the Cowboys to pull it out was really um, impressive to me. And I, when you talk about MVP performances, Dak Prescott is, is playing out of his mind right now. Um, he is, I, I mean, I'm really impressed with him. him the combination of him and CeeDee Lamb is, is really, really dangerous. And then when you throw Brandon Cooks in there, Tony Pollard, um, Ferguson, the tight end, like they have, they have a really, really good system. 
And I'll credit Mike McCarthy. He took play calling duties over himself this year, and he really put himself right in the in the middle of the fire. But right. they they have performed. He has performed, and they look um, they look like a force to be reckoned with. Right. Absolutely. I, I feel like this next game against Philadelphia is definitely going to be a, the tell tell all sign of where they are. Like you said earlier, they're they're, they're playing the Eagles at the right time for them. Um, but yeah, obviously the the whole question mark with the Dallas Cowboys is can they win uh, against actual competitive teams? C- Seattle is obviously a competitive team. Obviously they're they're I guess got caught at the wrong time too. They're on a three game losing streak now because of that game. Um, but at the same time, I mean the Cowboys their offensive looks just potent um, as any any other team uh, in the NFL right now. Um, like you said, Dak Prescott is kind of going in an MVP route right now. Um, CD Lamb has, has definitely picked up the slack since the beginning of the year. He, he's definitely starting to, to solidify a number one status to his name. Um, Jake Ferguson um, picking up the, the stack that Dalton Schultz left um, over the offseason. Um, so, yeah, like you said, they've got weapons. Um, they have answers for a lot of things that you're, you try to do against them defensively. Um, it's just going to be, and I mean, their defense—they create turnovers. That—that's how that cornerback um, has what six pick sixes over yeah, the course of the year. He—he he yeah, Bland. He set the NFL record for yep. most sixes in a season already. Yep, <laughs> and there's still what seven games, six games to go. More, I think he has more touchdowns than the Jets' offense. <laughs> I thought we were done talking about that, Nick. Uh, now I'm done. Now <laughs> you're done. <laughs> yes. I mean, yeah, he's up there then. I mean, it's just one of those things where you, I guess you can't control really. I mean, it, it, obviously it's skill, but at the same time, it's a lot of luck, I guess, to, to yeah. pick a pass off that where you have all the momentum carrying you to, to the opposing um, end zone and there's nobody really there to, to, to stand in your way type of thing. But obviously he's making the plays, so credit to him to, to, to take advantage of the opportunities that are thrown his way. So, but at the same time, you have to wonder, like, is he deceiving these quarterbacks to the extent where these quarterbacks are thinking that that wide receiver is open? Um, are they not seeing him? Uh, I, I mean, he's doing something that's just that's just confusing the quarterbacks, and I have no idea what it is. Well, it's to your point about having luck, it seems like he's under he's always undercutting an out route like right. every single time which is why he has a clear shot at the end zone so it's almost like he baits them i don't know if the dude just has like crazy fast closing speed where right. like, you know what i mean like the quarterback thinks oh i have this easy 10 yard out and then the dude mm-hmm. just undercut and comes out of nowhere i don't know if it's something as simple as that but um yeah he's it's it's crazy that he already has six touchdowns as a defensive back or five touchdowns whatever it is um right only week it's only week 13 so um kudos to him yeah as long as the cowboys continue forcing turnovers um that offense should take um advantage of all the added opportunities that that defense creates for them so uh, to me the the cowboys are definitely a dangerous team it's just about um that defense creating the opportunities because i don't think they're they're good enough or great enough to to stop opponent offense from scoring 30 points um, it, it's just about turning the ball over and giving your offensive more opportunities to outscore your opponent. Yep, yep, 100% agree. 
All right. Anything else that we want to go over? As a, I'm, I'm good as far as top stories, unless unless you got anything else. Uh, just wanted to do one last thing with Pittsburgh. Um, obviously, the last thing I heard about Pittsburgh was um, back when Matt Canada was their offensive coordinator. They had just come off a win. Um, I think they were like at seven and three, but then they fired him the next week after a loss. And in, 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 that, in our short videos, when you were in Vegas, I said it was going to be hard to kind of fire Matt Canada or move on from Trubis or um, Kenny Pickett uh, because they're winning. But kudos to Pittsburgh to, to pulling the trigger on that one. Yeah. Uh, even after after a seven and four start or whatever it was. Um, obviously, their offensive woes are still continuing to haunt them. They're, they were like one and five in the red zone last week against Cincy. Then one for one for four today against Arizona, so that that kind of plagues them a little bit. But at the same time, I I think they took a step in the right direction by firing uh, Matt Canada. Yep, agreed. Um, That's all I got. All right, let's go ahead and go to overreactions. What do you got for me? <laughs> okay, yo, I think you'll like this one right here. Brandon Staley yeah. should be fired after this win. They won six to zero against the Patriots. Not an overreaction. <laughs> I knew you wouldn't find it as an overreaction, but I feel like no coach has ever been fired after a win. They're, they're, he's just like, I can't wait to see what the Chargers look like next year with whoever whoever comes in. Obviously, they've, they've said that it's going to be Bill Belichick. They've said that it's going to be Jim Harbaugh from Michigan. Like, they're throwing all sorts of names out there that people that want to want to coach Justin Herbert, and rightfully so. Because they have, in my opinion, they have a roster that's built to win now. And and they're just not doing it. So I can't wait to see what happens when they get a, a competent coach. Um, yeah, I think Khalil Max like, like tied his uh, record for sacks in, in a year. I think he had like 15, his 15th sack today. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, yet, they, they're they, still they, not. He's off on offense and defense. So right, they, yeah. they need to they need win 6-0. Against the Patriots, who are just not, who are just not, not a team that's putting up any sort of effort really at, at this stage of the year, and to only win by six to six to zero, I think that says a lot about, I guess, the coaching staff on that one. Agreed. Agreed. Yep. And then my next overreaction was going to be uh, Demico Ryan's and the C.J. Stroud is going to be the next Andy Reid and Mahomes combination. That's a good one. That's a good one. I mean, it's it's hard to argue against that right now, right? I mean, for them to come out, and we kind of already talked, they, they were slated to win. They were predicted to win less than four games this year. Right. And they're seven and five right now with still plenty more, you know, five more opportunities for to win. And so, I mean, D'Amico Ryans, you look at him on the sideline, he just looks confident he looks in control and cj stroud looks the same way on the field so it's hard to argue that they're if they can sustain this um and continue to develop and get better and draft well um whatever pieces they feel like they need after this year um i think they could be i think they could be good for a really long time and i think that it could because they could take over the afc south um right for, for years to come because I mean, and it's hard to it's it's funny to say that when the Jags are eight and three or nine and three, whatever they are, but they they they're another one of those teams where you talk about just not impressing me yet this year, 
um, right. the Jack, the Jags are right there. And so I really think that whether it's this year or whether it's next year or the year after Houston could be, could become that team um, in the South. Yeah. They just have, I just get that feeling that they have that sort of magic between um, coach coaching uh, head coach and quarterback. The, the one that you get like the R of like the, the Mahomes and the Reed and the Belichick and the Brady and, and the Sean Payton and Drew Brees, you, you just feel like there's such a connection there and you kind of, can't really see one without the other at this point, even though they're, they're only like, what, 12 games into their tenure. So it's just special to see how they're winning games. But I guess the one, I guess, caution that I would have is D'Amico Ryan is obviously a defensive-minded coach. Um, he brought over Bobby Slowick as the offensive coordinator from San Francisco. So the, Bobby Slowick followed D'Amico Ryan to Houston from San Francisco. Um, so over in San Francisco, he, he had them with Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, Trey Lance, and then Brock Purdy at the end. But I'm, I'm just curious to see how much of an impact the offensive coordinator, coordinator has there and if they can sustain that if he decides to you know, get a head coaching gig somewhere else or something like that. Because he, to me, he should actually be getting some accolades for that. Um, some credit, maybe some interviews here and there. I'm not sure if he'll he'll get a gig, but at least some interviews somewhere um, if he decides to go that route. But yeah, D'Amico Ryans and C.J. Stroud, just, just, they have that essence to me where they are here to stay for, for a very long time. Yep, I agree. All right, so I got one for you. Um, I had two, but we already talked about the Jets, so I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that anymore. <laughs> Um, okay. I got one for you, okay? okay. Um, Shane Steichen should win Coach of the Year, and Gardner Minshew should win Comeback Player of the Year. Okay, I'll go overreaction on the Saints, Shane uh, Steichen, and then not an overreaction for Gardner Minshew. So I, I think Steichen has he he's put together a really good team over there in Indy. Um, obviously, he's overcome the Anthony Richardson situation, but at the same time. Did you really overcome the situation with Anthony Richardson? Because I feel like Anthony Richardson was not he, – he still had, I guess, the rookie kind of mistakes that you would anticipate, especially with the arm and the decision-making. I feel like he was more reliant on his legs right now. Um, I feel like he still needed a little bit more development um, in terms of uh, what to do with in the passing game. Um, but Gardner Minshew, I feel like – he followed, obviously, Gardner Minshew followed um, Steichen from Philadelphia. So Minshew at least had some sort of um, familiarity with yep. with the offensive schemes that Steichen is implementing there. Um, but I think Steichen has a lot of competition for Coach of the Year. Obviously, like we said, the Miko Ryans, um, Dan Campbell. Yeah. Uh, if you want to go somewhere with teams that you, you expect to win, obviously you have a, lot, a flurry of teams there with um, Shanahan over in San Francisco and um, uh, Sirianni over there in Philadelphia. So uh, it's just a lot of, I guess, a lot of faces, familiar faces that you have to over- overcome um, to get that award. But um, uh, not to discredit what he's doing, but he's obviously doing a phenomenal job over there. But uh, to me, it's just too too much of a of a leap on that one. Yeah, there's Gardner Minshew... Gardner Minshew for a comeback to the player of the year is, is 
believable. Yeah. Yeah, he has a ton of competition, um, tons of good head coaching performances so far this year. But um, all right, so let's jump over to our power rankings. Obviously, we've had three or four weeks to kind of, you know, observe and change and, and figure out where we see teams. Um, I left the Dolphins off again this week, Jeff, but it was intentional. Um, so I did not <laughs> this time. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll let you go ahead with your top five. Okay. So number one, I think, obviously, I don't know yours, but I think we can both agree 49ers kind of separated themselves from the rest yep. of the NFL at this point. Um, uh, honestly, 49ers were the one team I, I had locked as number one and the rest of, the, of my power rankings were just, I guess, throw, throw a dart at a dartboard type of thing. I haven't, you can, you can make an easy argument for any of these teams that I would believe it. I'd be like, yep, I'm sold on that. Yep. So, but number two, I got the Ravens. Um, they're on a bye with this week, so uh, we'll see them back in action next week. Number three, I got the Lions. Um, number four, I got the Eagles. That's that loss. And then number five, I got, I got the Dolphins. Okay. So no Chiefs. No Chiefs. I am not a believer in the Chiefs, to be honest with you. I mean, they're losing right now as we speak, so um, that's that's fair. Um, I have the same – I have four out of the same five teams just in different orders. So, number one, I got the Niners, um, same as last week. Um, number two, I have the Lions. Um, all I did really from last week is I flip-flopped the Lions and the Eagles. So, Lions at two, um, Eagles at three, and then I have the Chiefs and the Ravens. So. Gotcha. Um, I left the Dolphins out, um, and I and I I kept the Chiefs in there. I, you know, you could easily convince me otherwise, um, but I feel like as of right now, I'm still leaving them in there because it's the Chiefs and because it's Patrick Mahomes. Um, we'll see. I'm super curious to see what happens next week against the Bills um, because the Bills are way better than their record, and right and when those two teams play, it's it's electric and they bring the best out of each other. So I'm really I'm curious to see what that looks like from an offensive performance. Like if they break out of their shell and you know score 50, or if you know they still look a little a little clunky. So we'll see right. uh, we'll see what happens there. But um, awesome. So we're pretty similar. Um, saying you know four out of the same five teams, with the exception of the Dolphins and the Chiefs. Right. Um, yep. All right, so we will do our fantasy studs and our duds. Uh, we haven't done this in a few weeks. Um, I, I feel like every dud was on my three teams this week. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I did not do well this week at all. I lost Amari Cooper in two leagues with a concussion. I lost Tank Dell. I lost Ramondre Stevenson in one league. Um, I just got just crushed with injuries this week. Um, so I'm, uh, I'm feeling it a little bit this week. Perfect. That, that, that's what I like to hear. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for that. <laughs> You're welcome. So want me to start right. with the studs? Yeah, go ahead and go ahead and start with the studs. The people that I played this week instead of <laughs> the people that team. played against you. <laughs> yeah. All right. So at QB, we got, uh, Geno Smith coming in at Thursday night. Um, played against twenty-three two for, Played against him in two played, leagues. He played against Geno Smith. That's surprising. In two leagues. Two leagues. Uh, that that's 
Yeah, you were not destined to win this week, Nick. I'm sorry. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> so just a refresher for your memory. Uh, he went 23 for 41 uh, for 334 yards, four total touchdowns, and only in one interception. So yeah, yeah that that'll do that'll do you in if uh, you're Nick right there. Um, yeah. <laughs> and second QB I got is Brock Purdy. He went 19 for 27. Um, those Played 19 again. completions led to 314 yards, though. Played against him in my third league. Two Genos and one Brock, huh? Yep. So I, I'm telling you, dude, everybody that's on the studs list this week, like, I played against. Like, oh, no. It was just that's one of those impressive. weeks, man. It was just that's one of those hilarious. weeks. Dude. Nice. Well, and he had four TDs, too. So where'd he go? In one, in one league, I was down like 70 points after the Thursday night game. I was facing CeeDee Lamb. I was facing Charbonnet. And I was facing Ferguson in one freaking league. Like, I literally was down like 75 to nothing after the Thursday night game. Like, At it's just point, been. You just, yep, you pick the aisle and then just move yeah, on. All right. Just proceed. You can, you can stop feeling bad. <laughs> All right, we'll go on to running backs. Here, maybe this will make you happy. Alvin Kamara. Um, that, that makes me happy, yes. There you go. See? So he had uh, 51 yards on 14 attempts, two TDs, um, and then six receptions for 51 yards. So he, he put up a decent stat line. Didn't have a whole lot of attempts, um, mainly due to the game script, but at the same time, he, he's been such a contributor ever since he came back from suspension. And yep. I'm, I'm sure Nick um, enjoys him on his fantasy team. I tell you what, that was one of the things that in two of my leagues literally saved my season was, you know, in two, two, two leagues, I drafted him like in the fifth or sixth round because he was suspended. So nobody was drafting him. And I just right. stashed, I just stashed him away. And mm-hmm. he has been huge for those two teams. Right. All right. So running back number two was uh, Devon Achan. So he came back from injury. I want to say last week. But he was kind of working himself back. So this week he kind of took more of a uh, dominant role. Uh, He had 73 yards on 17 attempts and uh, two TDs and then three receptions for 30 yards. Um, Obviously, this this goes with the carousel that they've been doing in Miami with uh, Mostert and any other running back they want to put back there. (laughs) Tyreek Hill sometimes runs the ball. Um, Jeff Wilson Jr., it's it's a mess. But at the same time, HN has been so efficient with his carries. Uh, it's he's he's almost becoming a, a must start an RB two, um, just because of how explosive he's been when he's been healthy. Yep. And then for wide receivers, DK Metcalf, um, he had six receptions for 134 yards, and three of those uh, receptions were t- touchdowns. Um, Debo Samuel, um, four receptions, 116 yards, two TDs. And then he also rushed three times for 22 yards and another TD. So yep. Debo Samuel had himself a game. Uh, Nico Collins taking advantage of the opportunities that Tank Dell kind of left on the field for him. Um, nine receptions for 191 yards and, and, uh, and a TD. So uh, Nico Collins is obviously going to be, I feel like, the most dominant or the, more, the, the one who's going to take, I guess, the most advantage of his opportunities now. DK Metcalf. I wouldn't trust Geno Smith that that often in going into the playoffs because Geno Smith shouldn't throw it as much as he did. Um, I guess that's more game script. Um, Debo Samuel, I mean, he only had four receptions. Obviously, he's explosive when he does get the ball, but at the same time, 
limited opportunities. How's that going to work out for you? But Nico Collins with nine receptions, that that's you like to see targets and receptions for for a wide receiver. That's that's how you can kind of foretell if if they're going to uh, hit the bank later in the, in the playoffs. Yep. Then um, tight end, I got Sam Laporta, um, nine receptions, 140 yards, and TD. Uh, obviously, he scored that against my Saints, so uh, I was cheering and then realized who they were playing and then realized, no, that, that should not happen. Um, cheering and then crying. Basically, at the same time. Um, and then defensively, the Colts, they allowed 26 points, but they had two fumble recoveries, six sacks, and a, t- and a touchdown. So they made up their points um, by taking ways and scoring. What's that? They blocked two punts. They blocked two punts as well. There you go. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, they 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 found their points elsewhere outside of I guess holding the other team outside the end zone. Yeah. So, that'll score you some points right there. That's it for studs this week. All right. So um, our duds, we got Justin Herbert and Bryce Young at quarterback. I mean, Justin Herbert, it was a 6 nothing just snooze, snoozer of a game. Um, I think he had 220 passing yards, and that was it, or maybe 250 yards. But that was, you know, nothing. No touchdowns, obviously. Um, Bryce Young, 7.1 points. Continues just to really, really struggle. Um, you know, I, I, I watched a little bit of that game because it was one of the only three in the late window. And, you know, there's nothing really there that I'm like, wow, like, he, you know, give him a year or, or he's is he got being potential. chased around a lot. Is it, is it his offensive oh, yeah. line? Yeah. Offensive line is horrible. Um, so that's, that's, a bit, that's a big part of it. Um, but it's just tough to watch him when you see what Stroud is doing as a rookie. Um, right. it, it really is. So hopefully he can turn it around, but, um, running backs, Deandre Swift, rare appearance on the dud list. Um, he's had a pretty stellar year. Um, but he only scored four points, and I think he also got injured today. Um, oh. So we'll see. We'll see what happens there. Another injury on on my, one, two of my teams. Um, Austin Eckler, four point seven points. He quietly has had a really not great year. Um, right. He just continues to to have like these nine or ten point games, and today was even less than that with with four and a half. So. Um, not sure what's going on there. Yeah, it's really disappointing, especially against a good matchup against the Patriots on that one. Yeah, yeah. You see a you see a team two and nine. You you think you're that that running back's going to go for 20, 30 points, but obviously not this case. Yeah. Also on my on one of my teams, um, <laughs> wide receivers Austin Thielen kind of goes hand in hand with Bryce Young not having a good game. Um, he did not have a good game. He only had five point five points. Um, Amari Cooper, I know he got injured, so it's kind of unfair to put him on the dud list, but um, 6.4 points, and then he went out, I want to say, in the third quarter, maybe even in the second quarter, um, with a concussion and and didn't come back. Um, So we'll see what happens for for next week. That's something to keep an eye on. Um, What's uh, Who played quarterback for them? Flacco. He didn't look terrible. Yeah, he he didn't look bad today, so that's something at least encouraging for like a fantasy perspective going forward, whether it's David Njoku, Elijah Moore, um, you know, Amari Cooper, if he, if he comes back healthy, I think there's at least value there um, for the remaining mm-hmm. five games, whereas they weren't getting it with P.J. Walker and 
the guy with three names. I don't even remember Dor- his name. Dor- um, Dorian Thompson something. Yeah, yeah some, something like that. But um, so that that's encouraging, at least going forward, having Flacco there. So um, tight ends, David and Joku, like I said, 3.7 points. Um, Tyler Higby, again on this list for probably the fourth or fifth time this year, um, 5.5 points. Um, and then the defenses, I have the Eagles and the Commanders, both with negative six points. Woo! Yeah. Yeah, that's impressive. Um, obviously, Eagles playing the Niners, who put up a boatload of points, and then the Commanders played the Dolphins, and the Dolphins pretty much do that against everybody. So, um, all right. Those are our fantasy studs and duds. We are going to do something new this week and probably going forward for the last couple weeks um, since it's getting close to playoff time. We're, we're both going to kind of just highlight one game from the next week that we're looking forward to. Um, so for me, I'll go first. Jeff is, um, I kind of already talked about it is Sunday night football Eagles at Cowboys. Um, you know, you got, you got 10 and two versus nine and three. Um, it doesn't get much bigger than Eagles and Cowboys. It's a huge rivalry, especially when you throw standings and playoff implications into the mix. Um, Sunday night football, not a bigger stage. Um, and like I said, I'm, I'm super curious just from a timing perspective because I feel like the Cowboys are at a huge advantage um, with how they're playing versus how the Eagles are playing. Um, right. So I'm, I'm really excited for that game. I hope I hope it's as good as the first matchup, because if you remember, the first matchup came down to like a last second, like 30 yard throw from Dak. They came, you know, they came up just like five yards shy of scoring um, mm-hmm. and of either tied or won the game. So it was a really, really close competitive game. So um, hopefully the second one is is lives up to the same you know, the same kind of hype. Yeah, I feel like um, with the Eagles coming off the loss today, I think it'll definitely bring a sort of rejuvenated concentration for them. Yeah. And uh, obviously the, the Cowboys are, are steamrolling teams right now. So uh, I think the Eagles are better for, for it, even though as, as weird as it is to say, I think they were better for the loss this week, um, considering they have a divisional opponent that, that affects their uh, – divisional rankings and then maybe even the one seed um right there with the cowboys so yeah it'll be a great game to watch though um as for my my game of the week uh next week it'll be the chiefs hosting the bills um obviously (laughs) the bills are kind of have that last thread of hope trying to um make a playoff push coming off and they're they're on a bye this week so they're gonna be coming off by next week um this is where they have to start clamping down uh, and and I guess showing out what, what they need to do. Uh, obviously, ever since they fired Glenn Dorsey, the, that offense has definitely looked a lot um, a lot better and more rejuvenated um, than with him. Um, but at the same time, they lost a heartbreaker to Philadelphia last week. Again, they probably should have won. Uh, but at the same time, you're scoring points. You're, you're working on the things that were kind of um, challenging you during the first 10 weeks of the season. Um, and obviously, I'm not a big believer of the Chiefs, but the Chiefs are deadly at home. They 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 just don't lose their arrowhead that often. Yep. Um, so to to host the Bills, it'll be a great game to watch. And and but the Bills they need to to win this game, especially with the gauntlet of the last third of the schedule that they have. So anyone they can come by, um, they they need to they need to take advantage of. Yep. Agreed. Uh, two phenomenal games. Um, you know, I, I, I'm sure there's probably one that's decent at the one o'clock slate, but I mean, 
4:30 game or 4:25 Chiefs Bills rolling right into Eagles Cowboys um, right. is a, a great way to kind of end end the night. So um, looking forward to those games next Sunday. Um, all right, we are going to get back to our weekly picks. Um, so just refresh your guys' memory. Obviously, we haven't done these since week nine, um, but on week nine, I went two and zero. I had the. I'll, I'll remind you who we both picked because um, it was. <laughs> It was obviously several weeks ago. So um, right. I picked the Bengals over the Bills and the wait. <laughs> Time, please. I went one and one. Excuse me. Oh, look Hold at on. that. No, 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 no. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on, now I've confused myself. Oh. Went one and one to put me at. I'm all I'm all confused now, Jeff. Oh no. That's okay. I, think... I went one and one last time. You went one and one. You picked who did you pick? You picked the Titans over the Steelers. Um these are the this is the wrong week. I'm looking at the wrong week. That's why I'm so confused. Yeah, That's why I'm so go. confused. Yeah. Yeah, because this was week nine, right? Yeah, yep. Yeah, so I had, as my lock, the Steelers over the Packers. Okay, so you had the Steelers over there. We go. All right, this is all making sense, guys. All right. So I had the Cowboys over the Giants as my lock. They won. And then I had the Vikings over the Saints as my upset, and the Vikings won. So I went 2-0, and and you had the Steelers over the Packers, which the Steelers obviously won, but then you picked the Jags over the Niners. And yeah, that did not happen. Niners blew them out. So, having said all of that and confusing the crap out of everybody, probably at this point, <laughs> um, we are we are tied. We are tied at twelve and eight. Um, I went two and zero. Oh, you went one and one. So we are both twelve and eight going into this week. So um, I will let you kick it off with your picks. Now, now I'm feeling the pressure. Now I don't like this. <laughs> This is the nitty gritty for us as well, apparently. So yep, we're uh, champions remain. This is where champions remain. That's right. Um, for my lock, I'll go with the Colts over the Bengals on this one. I think the Colts have everything going in the right motion, and the Bengals are, are probably kind of want the season to be over with after Joe Burrow uh, yeah. had that hand injury. So yep. so that's my lock, and then my upset, I got the. Um, the Bucks over the Falcons. The Falcons are favored by two and a half points right now. Okay. Minus two and a half for the Falcons, huh? Yep. So that's interesting. No Buccaneers. Interestingly, yeah, I know you need the you need the Bucks to win in a big way. Um, <laughs> all right. At so. this point, I'd probably prefer for the Saints to miss out of the playoffs yet again, just so they can clean house. Uh, obviously, I I haven't gone my rant for the Saints yet. Uh, I, <laughs> but I'm more of the type of person who'd rather have that anger swell up inside me and get at me inside. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I still think. I still think they're going to end up there at the end of the season. They're going to be right there. I don't know why they haven't proven it to us at this point. I just. Right. I, I don't know. I I think they will be. So we'll see what happens there. But. Um, right. All right, so my lock, <laughs> my lock, I got the Texans over the Jets, okay? 
Texans are going to win the game. They're going to win easily. It's not even going to be a contest. Robert Sala <laughs> said that he's, Robert Sala said today that he's contemplating another quarterback change. Who the heck do you have at this point? Like, is he going to start Simeon? I don't know. I don't know. I don't think it's going to matter because Simeon looked today like he had worse pocket presence than Zach Wilson. So um, <laughs> I don't. I don't think it's going to matter. Um, I think the Texans will win that game easily. And then my upset, I have the Broncos over the Chargers. Chargers are actually three-and-a-half, three-point favorites. Um, I think the Broncos are just a much more competitive team than the Chargers right now. Right. I agree with that. All right. Well, okay. we made it through. We uh, This was a little disjointed, um, but we, we, we made it happen. And, and I'm really excited to get back going. Like I said, this is the next five weeks are going to be a ton of fun. Um, and we're going to start planning how we're going to do our playoff episodes as well. we got to figure something out there for, for our playoff coverage. So I'm excited to start, to start brainstorming for that. I've already gotten at least one suggestion on what we can do um, for like a playoff bracket. I'll, I'll keep that to ourselves now until, for, for now until we figure out kind of what that looks like um, and, and right. if we can make that happen. But um, we got to do something for the playoffs. To, to make oh, it absolutely. To, to make it fun and exciting so maybe we'll like live stream i don't know i'm just spitballing here but um thank you guys for tuning in once again for for our week 13 coverage we will be again back um next week covering all the games from week 14 we'll go over some of the big matchups that we that we kind of highlighted to look forward to um as always if you have any topics that you want us to cover um feel free to send them in text you know you can find us on social media um, we're on Twitter or, or X, whatever it's called now, um, Facebook, Instagram. Um, so you can you can message us at any point and let us know about a topic that you think would be interesting, um, and we would be happy to go over it. Um, yeah. So we will we will see you guys next week, and we hope you hope you enjoyed and hope you have a good week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to What Did They Know podcast. Make sure to follow us on all of our social media outlets to see future episode details. And don't forget to send in any questions or topics that you want to see the guys discuss in their weekly episodes to come.